Alrighty. <clears throat> uh, most of y'all know, like I said, a while ago when we were having our uh, you know, on a prayer list, y'all be sure and keep uh, Becky's family in uh, prayer. You know, uh, Becky will, her service will be tomorrow morning and uh, be at Azerland. There'll be a visitation period there at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And then uh, 10 will be the service. Right after the service, we'll go out to the graveside. And then, uh, so... It won't be it, it won't be a long service unless something takes place that uh, and sometimes that happens that you don't know about till a little later on. But with my information, what I got, and uh, so y'all just be sure to keep the family in prayer. Rhonda, she's not here tonight. I think she went to pick up her brother that's come in. He flew in, and they had to. Yeah, he was somewhere quite a ways off. I don't even know for sure where he was. Okay. He's been all over the country, so I think even sometimes they didn't know where he was. And <clears throat> but tonight, uh, I just wanted to bring a short message, and uh, it's something we kind of really need to think about. But uh, I've entitled it Abiding in Christ. Uh, in John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's telling them something. And in order, and what he's telling them, he's also telling us that for us to have the life that he wants us to have that and to live the way he wants us to live, that we need to abide in him. So I'm going to read uh, right here in Scripture. It's John 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 4 through 5. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's, he's explaining something to him. And we need to listen real close to what Jesus is telling them. Just like I said a while ago, what he was telling them, he's telling us today. And he says, <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you bear fruit except you abide in me. And Jesus explains what he's saying here to them also. He's saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We get our growth from him. And we'll see something here in just a minute. But it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He's saying, I am your source. Just like a tree limb. Got branches. We can consider that limb like a, a well, a vine. But it gets its, it gets its life from that limb, from that tree. If that limb or that branch is broken off from the tree, it will wither and it will die. When we are separated from Christ, we die. Without Christ, we are spiritually dead. And that's kind of what he's telling them. Without me, you have no life. 
without me. You know, and two, I'm gonna, I'll show you something here in just a minute. But uh, it says, for without me, you can do nothing. It says, if you don't have me, you don't have anything. You can do nothing. And again, there's a, there's a scripture over in, <coughs> excuse me, in Ephesians, it says, for I, excuse me, Philippians, it says, for, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is Christ that gives us our strength in whatever he calls us to do. You know, I've had, I've had several people that they say, you know, I feel like Christ is calling me to do something, but I don't want to do it. I don't think I can do it. I say, if Christ is calling you to do it, he will make the way for you to do it. You're not doing it on your own. You're doing it through him. He will give you the strength to do whatever it is he has called you to do. You know, there's a lot of times that we want to hurry up things, but sometimes if, if God has called us to do something, sometimes we say, well, God, why aren't you doing it? Why, how come we're waiting? Sometimes God is putting somebody in your life to help you do what he has called you to do. And he has also got to get that other person involved in your life with you. So there's a lot of times it just takes a little time and a little effort to get everything together. You know, we're, Jesus is working with us humans. If you work with humans, you know sometimes how impossible it is sometimes near to get something done. If we don't listen to God and we want to do it our way, and how, just how we want it done, instead of doing it the way God get, wants it done, it just takes that much longer to get something done. And uh, But according to Christ, it's impossible to live a victorious life. Christian life without abiding in him. Notice Jesus said, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself of, on its own unless it abides in, in the vine and him neither can we unless you abide in me. Jesus said, unless you become a part of me. You know, when we accept Jesus Christ into our life, he becomes a part of us. When we pray, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> when you pray, do you can you feel the Spirit with you? When you're in sincere, serious prayer, can you feel the Spirit? When Jesus has called you, you know, I'm going to say something. There has been times in the middle of the night, God has woke me up. And he's talked to me. He's told me things. And a lot of times, a number of my sermons come from what I hear, have heard the Lord say. And it's, it's, it's very, I mean, it, I don't know, it seems like sometimes it's like it's all night. And I know it's not, but just, just, just moments that the Lord is speaking. It's kind of like a dream. They say, you know, sometimes it seems like a dream goes on and on and on. But they say, actually, a dream is just really a few minutes. But it seems like a long time. But I've been, I've, I have been woken up in the middle of the night, and it seems like I've been awake all night talking with the Lord. And I'd wake up exhausted. But I, I'd also, it was a good feeling too. I knew I had been 
in the presence of God. I could feel the Spirit in me. Have you ever had that time when you just, I don't know, it's just like you start kind of shaking and you can't, you just, I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain if you've never experienced it. But it's just like the Spirit is moving around on the inside of you. He is stirring you up. I know sometimes, and I may get a little loud, but sometimes I'm up here bringing a message. Sometimes I get all excited. I get, that's the Spirit. The Spirit starts doing something. You can't stand still. You, you can't be still. But it's a, it's a Spirit. God said, Tell them this, tell them that, do this, do that. You know, and you're sitting there, this is hitting you. Stuff is coming in. Sometimes I don't even know what I say. But I know it's God. You can tell when God is, is there. It's just a whole different feeling. Uh, and it's kind of scary too. But it's a good feeling. I guess the scary part is, God, am I pleasing you? Am I, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I being obedient? You're asking questions because there's things that you want to know. And, but he says here, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. He said, if you don't abide in me, you can do nothing. I'm your strength. And I will guide you. I will give you what you need to do what I've called you to do. I'll put in your life someone to help you. You know, I'm gonna, I'll get to something here in just a minute, but we also don't realize sometimes what it, what, what involves in being are abiding in the vine. But I won't, but see, so let me ask you a question. What does it mean to abide in Christ? First of all, to abide in Christ simply has to do with our salvation. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is no way that you can abide in the vine. You can't do it. You have to invite Him into your life. And then He will use you. You know, let me put it like this. There are gifts. If you get or go over there in Corinthians, you will find gifts. There's nine gifts that it talks about. We don't hear about these gifts much anymore. I don't think people use the gifts that God, and the gifts are still here today. But many people do not believe in speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, I admit, I'm going to say something. Many people have used that to try to make them look holier and holier than thou. It's, it's them, their self, trying to, trying to, you know, be somebody in somebody else's eyes. Oh, look how God's using them. And yet, but that's not God in them. I went to a church one time and, that's, and there was a lot of speaking in tongues. I could tell when it was real and when it wasn't. It's not always real. Like I said, sometimes it's people trying to look holier than they are. Like, boy, God's just all over them. 
And God had nothing to do with it. And if, a, if, if something is spoken in tongues, there has to be an interpretation. There has to be an interpretation. Or else or speaking in tongues did no good at all if you did not know what that person was saying. The gift of healing, the gift of wisdom, all these gifts, there's many of them. There's nine. And many people have these gifts and they don't use them. They don't use them. They are not abiding in the vine. Many people say, oh, the gifts are not for today anymore. The gifts are here till he comes back and takes us home. It says that the gifts will be done away with when that which is perfect comes. What's perfect? What is the only perfect thing there is? Jesus Christ. When he comes and takes his church out of here, then that will end the gifts here on earth. But up until then, he says, you're going to need every gift I give you to get through what you're going to be going through. The gift of healing. Where would we be if there wasn't healing? Wisdom. Not earthly wisdom, but godly wisdom. God says, if any man lacks wisdom, over in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask and I'll give it to him. Not worldly wisdom, but godly wisdom. But go there in, in Corinthians, I believe it's probably, I think it's in about chapter 9. And look at what the gifts are and read them. The church needs them and they need to use them today. What does it mean to abide in Christ? To abide in Christ begins, first of all, with, like I said a while ago, with salvation. Accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God, believing in your heart He is who He says He is. And anyone who is not in Christ or, or has not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're outside of Christ. They're not abiding in Christ. And anyone who is outside of Christ, I'm going to tell you right now, is spiritually dead. They're spiritually dead. They're like that branch that has been separated from the vine. They're not getting the nourishment. They're not getting what they need. It's just like that limb growing from that tree. If that limb is severed from that tree, it is getting nothing and it will lay there and die. And that's the way we are. If we're not getting what God has for us, if we're, not, if we're not into God's Word and studying His Word, reading His Word, that gives you life. That's abiding in Christ. And to abide in Christ involves the Holy Spirit being active in your life. Is the Holy Spirit active in your life? Is the Holy Spirit guiding you? 
Jesus told his disciples, listen to what he told his disciples, and it still goes for us today. Jesus told his disciples that they would receive power after the Holy Spirit had come upon them. After the Holy Spirit had come upon them, he said, you're going to be different. You're going to be something that you've never been before. You're going to realize the power that is abiding in you. And look, here in, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is what I'm talking about. It says, and this is Jesus Christ talking, and it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in all Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Before Jesus went back to heaven, he told his disciples, Remain here. He's talking about the upper room. Remain here until the gifts come. What gift was he talking about? He was talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. They remained in that room until the Holy Spirit came. And it said that it was like tongues of fire when that Holy Spirit come in there. It said, and, and Peter... When he preached his first sermon, he said he was on fire. He preached the Word of God so strong and so hard. They said that over 3,000 people came to Christ that day. And it was only due because the Holy Spirit had come upon them. Had come upon them. This was the gift. He said, do not go out, do not try to do anything until the Spirit has come up on you. You know, we kind of condemn poor old Peter when he uh, denied Jesus. The Spirit had not come up on Peter yet. Peter was still in the flesh. Peter was still working as Peter. He was trying to do everything on his own. Flesh is weak. Peter thought, oh, I'll never, I'll never betray the Lord. I'll never go against Him. He said, Lord, I'll even die for you. Peter really thought he would. But when they come after Jesus, Peter left him. He stayed around to watch what would happen. But he was not faithful. He was trying to do it himself. And he couldn't do it. The power comes through the Spirit. The spirit that is in us. You know, it's just like I said in Rugo, a demonstration of the, of the spirit's power can be seen by what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's exactly what I was talking about. The day that uh, the disciples, the spirit came upon them, it said uh, they changed. They become new people. They wasn't the old people that they used to be. And like I said a while ago, on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached, over 3,000 people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and received Him. Scripture tells us there was a complete change in the disciples. It was a change in their character. It was a change in their behavior after they had received the Holy Spirit. They went from being cowards to being courageous. Remember, anytime that, that, that uh, 
If they heard that the Romans were looking for, they'd run and hide, lock their cells in rooms. They went from being someone who could be easily pushed around to those who were turning the world upside down for Jesus. They were preaching Jesus so strong after that Holy Spirit had come up on them. After Jesus' resurrection, you know, even the disciples were threatened and told that they were going to be killed if they did not retract that Jesus had risen from the dead. But they knew he had. They knew that his resurrection was true and it had happened. And they also knew that they would walk and be faithful and honest and, and, and true to Jesus that they also would have a resurrected life. They were offered their freedom. Every one, of the, every one of the disciples died a horrible death, except for John. They died a horrible death, and they could have walked away, but they didn't. Because they knew if they denied Christ, then Christ would deny them. And that's what the Bible says. If you deny me before men on earth, then I will deny you before the Father who is in heaven. If you are ashamed of me before men on earth, I'll be ashamed of you for the Father who is in heaven. And that goes today too. We're to be faithful. We're to be bold in Jesus Christ. You know, they, they went, their character, they changed. And all this was because they were experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And we, get the, we get the Spirit on the inside of us whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit comes and abides in us. But there's another thing too. Have you ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's the same Spirit, but you just get more power. When you desire that power to serve the Lord even more, to do more and more for, the, for God, then there's what they call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where He comes upon you stronger and enables you to do more and more for God. It's not a different spirit. There's only one other spirit. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the only spirit. There's not other spirits out there to come up on you to give you power and do that. God is talking about Himself. That is the Spirit of God that's living on the inside of you. And that Spirit can enable you to do so much. It talks about abiding in the vine. We can do more and more for Christ by getting into His Word, reading His Word. You know, to abide in Christ requires continuous spiritual growth. We need to grow continually. We don't need to get stale, stagnated. Just stay in one little spot. <clears throat> we need to continually grow to know more and more about Christ. Well, how do I do this? Through the Bible. Through reading the Word of God and getting that Word on the inside of you. Jesus said in Matthew 4 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to know what God is saying. 
We need to know the words that God is speaking. We need to know what God is saying. You know, it's just like we've, we've talked about that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's the word that, that God wants us to have. It's the word that he inspired men to Many people say, yeah, well, I don't know the Bible's all true because men wrote it. Yes, men wrote it. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They didn't just sit down and start writing. The Holy Spirit was upon them telling them what to write because God was telling his spirit what to tell them. Everything in that Bible is the infallible word of God. There is not one thing in that Bible that is untrue. It's God's truth. And uh, it says here, just as we need physical nourishment, food and all that, but we do not live by that alone. Paul tells us in, in, in 2 Timothy, and I'm sure all of y'all have heard this, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, he's saying, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, that's what I just said, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work that God calls you to do. We get our inspiration out of God's Word. We go by what the Word of God tells us to do. That Word has not changed and it will not change. They keep coming out, well, we've got the New, New, New Testament. You better stick with what you've got. Because a lot of that new stuff is a man. You know, there's, there's some of the Bibles out there that have left a lot of stuff out of them. They didn't put God's Word in there. They left it out. And the way some of it's worded will lead you astray. So be careful of the Bible that you choose to read God's Word out of. Make sure that you've got a Bible that is God's Word. And you know, the Bible, like, like we've all said, you know, like, like what Tommy was saying, Sunday, even like what I would always say, the Bible is not just an ordinary book. It's the living Word of God, therefore, it and it alone is able to give us the strength, the wisdom that we need to live fruitful lives. To read, to go by the Word of God, and what the Word of God says. Many people say, well, I just don't know what to do. I said, do you ever read your Bible? Well, yeah, but sometimes I don't understand what, what all it's saying. I said, have you ever just sat down before you ever picked up your Bible and read it? And did, have you ever prayed, God, show me what your Word is saying? Like I said, the Bible is not a novel. It is the Word of God. And we need to read it as it being the Word of God from an almighty, holy God. He's given us instructions. He's telling us how to act. He's telling us what we should do, how we should act, the person we should be. I think I mentioned it to you here the other day. Have you ever had somebody come up and just out of nowhere look at you and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? 
I think that's one of the biggest compliments you can get. I've had it happen. I've had people come to me and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I said, well, I could tell. I could just tell. Can people tell you're a Christian? Well, they ought to be able to. By the way we talk, the way we act, the things we do, our love for each other, the love for them, the compassion you have. I think Jesus probably showed more compassion and more love than anybody I have ever read about. He was full of love. Well, what did he do? How many men do you know have gone to a cross and died for you so that you could have eternal life? How many men do you know that have just give everything that they had for you because of their love for you? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That pretty well sums up who Jesus is. For God so loved the world. We are the world. We're the people here. We're the world. We're the world. And he loved us so much, he said, I will give up my son for you because I love you so much. We don't think about that. But that's love. That's godly love. We just need to get into God's Word, study God's Word, read God's Word, and get that Word on the inside of you. That's the best way you can serve God. When something comes up in your life, that Word, the Holy Spirit will bring that to her. Matter of fact, Jesus said that, that He was going to send the Holy Spirit. When that Holy Spirit come, He would bring to us all remembrance of, of the things that Jesus Christ had said. But he can't bring them remembrance to you if you don't know what he said. You have to know the Word. You have to read the Word. Get that Word down in you. You need to set a time when you can. It's not going to be the same time. I know things come up. But every day, you need to sit down for just a little while and just read and study the Word of God. And before you know it, Stuff will sort of happen in your life. I mean, you start remembering things. Somebody will ask you a question, all of a sudden that Holy Spirit will just quicken it to you. And you can answer their question. You know what quicken means in the Bible? Quicken means to make alive. It makes that word come alive in you that you can share it with others. It just jumps out of you. But to abide in Christ is what we're going to have to do to have that life He wants us to have. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for telling us, Lord, that we need to abide in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For He is the vine. We're the mere branches. And Lord, if we're not connected to Him, we fall to the ground and we will die. We have no life. 
We are spiritually dead. So Lord, quicken that word to us. Let that word get deep on the inside of us. Let us retain that word. And Lord, let us live by your word and what you're telling us to do. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for all you do. Lord, we just give you praise tonight for the way you've watched over us, for the way you've blessed us. Thank you, Lord. And we just ask you to be with us in these holidays. Lord, there's going to be a lot of people traveling. There's going to be a lot of things going on. And I just ask you to put your hedge of protection around those that will be on the road, around those, Lord, that, that, that just put your protection on them, Lord. Keep them safe. And Lord, may we just really truly remember what Christmas is. It's not, it's not the gifts we give to each other, but it's about the gift you gave us. It's about your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us take that time to get along with ourselves and just thank you for your love and for the gift of your Son, Christ, to give us eternal life and to have eternal life in heaven with you. Lord, thank you for all you do and for what you're going to do for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.